and welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're four season ticket holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. So for a light-hearted take on Bristol's progress on and off the pitch this season, stay tuned. In this week's show, we once again have a win to discuss. Hooray! The Bears beat Bree 52-3 in the Challenge Cup to seal a home quarter-final. Is it a return to form, or are the issues of the past few weeks still there? We also look ahead to next week's game and debate what type, type of team Pat should take to Palmer. We'll round up other news and let you know what gets our goat this week. I'm Tony, and this week I'm joined by Lee, Pete and Miles for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, Lee, thanks for um, hosting um, the the, uh, the podcast today in your, your your abode. You're welcome, boys. Nice to see you all again. I want to do a little shout out. It's my wife Claire's birthday tomorrow and um, uh, wish a happy birthday for that. We've had a lovely meal with the in-laws, had a lovely roast beef Sunday roast today um, and uh, just wondered um, what, what have you boys had what, what 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 was your meal of choice today we had a uh, family chilli a family yeah. chilli how about Tonight. you Lee what, what's happened here uh, we had a chicken thing. chicken Miles what what have you had for the family <laughs> roast I know what you I know where we're getting with this we had slow roasted pheasant <laughs> <laughs> Well, I say, and um, did, did, did you cook that or was it one of your staff that uh, cooked, cooked the pheasant for no, you? No, no, no. You know, me and Mrs Clark put it in the slow cooker this morning and then we ate it about <laughs> half an hour ago and we we managed to fob off to the kids that it was chicken and, and until they finished it and then Not so we, sick. we let on that I had a bit of lead shot in my mouth <laughs> and, it, and it had been killed. So had they, they, they were disgusted. Well, there we are. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> there we go. You enjoyed that. <laughs> that's got me. That's got me big time. Right. So breathe. We won fifty-two-three. What an entertaining game that was. And let's come to Pete. Give me your thoughts, Pete. Your overall thoughts on the game before we hear from some very special people that we met after the game. Yeah, cheers, Tony. Well, um, there was no bagel for breathe this weekend, um, but the Bears definitely served up a whole lot of pain au chocolat for our French visitors. I thought. <laughs> oh dear. So it was a it was a it was a great um, spectacle, really, of running rugby. Um, quite a few mistakes, to be honest, particularly in the in the first half. But I think uh, I think we could summarise by saying, in land we trust for a bit of second half thrust. Well, there we are. Um, Miles, was it a, fe- a pleasant game for you? <laughs> I'm afraid I can't come close to sort of uh, Pete's rhymes, etc. But, I mean, I sort of agree. The first half was, as Pat, Pat admitted, full of a few uh, handling errors, dropping the ball. Uh, and in the second half, to be fair, I think we lost count of the number of tries and we're having a good old jolly chat about other stuff. But take nothing away. It was great flowing rugby and to come away with that scoreline and not get scored against apart from penalty was yeah very encouraging and Lee your thoughts yeah I can echo the, the boys uh, sentiments there I mean it was the second half was fantastic really good flowing rugby and um, great result I'm disappointed they scored three points though I, I know I was looking <laughs> for that <laughs> second zero yeah <laughs> 
Yeah, that spoiled it a little bit it today, did. didn't it? Ruined all day. Ruined it. Ruined it. Anyway, we we met some very interesting people after the game. Um, we spoke to uh, a brief fan who very kindly gave his comments. But before we hear from him, let's hear a little bit from a visiting rugby club from Spain. Here we go. We need a Spanish song. Spanish song. Go on then. Yeah. Ready? One song. Jose Lozada. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the game today because uh, I saw a very quick rugby uh, by Bristol. It's fun, it was fantastic. Um, uh, I think uh, Brib couldn't do anything because so quick, so moving, so quick. Uh, it was a champagne rugby, really. Fantastic. And I want to give my congratulations to number 15 of Bristol because I think he is a really fantastic fullback. And could you tell me what uh, what's the name of the rugby club and from where you are in Spain? We have a, a rugby club that the name is Escoriones and we only we only do one thing, you know uh, teach young people to play rugby and teach uh, what is the mentality, what is the moral, what is the ethic of rugby to the young people. It's our function today. It's a very nice function, you know, for an old man. Thank you very much. And have you enjoyed your stay in Bristol? Yes, of course. It's my third time I'm be here and it's a very nice town. the Spanish rugby team and we have El Presidente. Presidente. Presidente, sí. Muchas gracias. Estamos muy contentos. Es el segundo año que venimos a Bristol a ver este gran equipo que tenéis. My name is Philippe. I come from Brive. And how have you found uh, how have you found the game today in Bristol? Not very nice for us, but a nice play for rugby. And uh, we had a good time, a good travel. Very nice stay in uh, in Britain and in Bristol. So it's good. However, it's good. We knew we will we will we will lose, but not at this not. 52 points. It's, it's a little much, but that's life. That's rugby. And Brieve, you got promoted last season. How, how are things going in the top 14 in France? Not so bad. Not so bad. And we hope we will stay in the first uh, at the top top 14. We hope we stay uh, top 14. Well, thank you for coming across to Bristol, and uh, we wish you the very best for the rest of the season. Thank you very much, and thank you for the world for welcome us. Thank you very much. Well, there we are. I'll tell you what, those Spanish boys were really up for it, weren't they? They, they've been over for a long weekend. I think they've been to the Bath game the, 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 the day before, um, wanted to make sure they were in the dry and in a decent stadium for the Saturday game. And they were having a whale of a time, weren't they? They were. I, I couldn't believe how in tune they 
they were after two days of being on the pop. I mean, they uh, they were like a, a, a choir, weren't they? Almost in the in the concourse. Yeah, and it's lovely. It um, the 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 guy we interviewed um, talked about Bristol Champagne Rugby, and it did feel a bit like that, didn't it? I know I know we were a bit loose in the uh, in the first half, but. Um, there, there, there was a really energy, a real energy in our attacking play. Pete, you know, what, what? Let's talk about some of the player performances. And Prothero, he's 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 been in the shadows a little bit since Charles Piertau came, and maybe we've not seen him in the matchday squads like we'd expected to. But uh, quite a statement. Yeah, definitely. And it was good to see his his flowing blonde locks back on the pitch as well to uh, add a bit of balance to the the haircuts and stuff. But I mean, I think what I really like about Prothero and it is that you know he he'll look for a gap and he's not always going to kick it back and he's got that little that electric acceleration that given half a chance he, he can get through and in the first half yeah there was a few breaks we didn't quite make it but it was he was always knocking at the door and i think it's just exciting rugby when you've got somebody that's willing to to do that and go through and i think you know i think now He's, uh, you know, with with um, Charles Piertau's injury. I mean, Prothero may well have to be stepping up to be to be doing that, you know, in the Premiership as well. So I'm I'm intrigued to to see what will happen when he when he's uh, when he's up against maybe some of the the Premiership sides to come, particularly Gloucester, because I reckon he might be starting that game. Absolutely, Miles. Who who stood out for you? Well, I, I mean, I agree. I had Atwood Man of the Match question mark. Um, he had a, a great game, I must admit. But then I thought other standout players included Prothero, who. Pete's just suggested Hamilton and Bedlow played equally as well and it's a tough call for man of the match but I thought Prothero was fantastic I mean he admitted himself on social media had a few loose kicks but ball in hand he was it was like lightning I really enjoyed watching him just want to pick up on Atwood because I, I think that's the best game he's had in a, a, a bare shirt um, I, I don't know whether we've had high expectations for Atwood um, I don't think I've, I've really seen the, the what, what we thought we were going to see with him until this game mm. um, and I think he was outstanding he got his try and I think there was one moment in the first half he broke clean through the line didn't he yeah. and all of a sudden there was an empty field in front of him and it was kind <laughs> of oh my god what did, I better get a gallop on now <laughs> Um, you know what I said? I, I said to Lee at the time, he looked like a top weight in the Grand National that was uh, was just kind of getting to the elbow and he thinks he's going to win it. And then he suddenly realised that, you know, he gets to the Melling Road, there's still quite a long way to go. But fair dues to me, popped it inside to Thacker, I think. And, uh, you know, I think then we, we might butcher that chance. But I, I agree with you. I think, you know, maybe we were... You know, we we were a, a little bit too optimistic about when you about a new player coming to a club, even though he you know he's coming back home. It, it does take time to to get your mojo, and he's been in and out. Um, but I think that was it was an it was a great game for him, and I thought he was brilliant. You know, all day, and and uh, you know, really looked like uh, a big unit around the park. And I think hopefully that will give him a lot of confidence. Um, you know, for for games to come, and I think I think he said on his post match interview on the website that actually it has taken him a little time to settle in, but he really does now feel um, that uh, you know he is settled in and uh, is going to contribute his very best. Lee, what, who, who stood out for you? I mean, I think it's difficult because there were so many good performances yeah. really, yeah. and I, I think we can say all right, it wasn't the strongest brief team, but you can only play what's in front of you. There's still 15 professional rugby players from one of the mm. top leagues in the world. Um, but uh, yeah, sorry. Who, 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 well, who, I mean, who, on top of obviously the, the names that the boys have mentioned, I, I mean, I thought again Randall and Cheedy. I thought they, you know, Randall was zippy all day long. 
And again, we saw a few sidesteps from Callum. Um, he kicked all his points. And for me, because he had a couple of up and down weeks and he came back strong, as he always does. We alluded before on the pod, he's an honest guy. And I thought those two played fantastic yesterday. I absolutely agree. I think Sheedy's really started to mix his game up. Mm. Um, little cut-throughs, as you say, throwing the dummy, attacking the line. Um, I, 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 you, you, you saw it start, I think, with the, the Leicester game last week. Yeah. But I think, I think mm. his play has really developed so much over these last couple of games, Pete. I, th- I mean, I wonder whether, you know, when he reflected on the, the Leicester game and, you know, he, he was up against George Ford, who had a great game. I'm, I'm sure, you know, he probably learned from that as well. And, and he knows he's got it in his locker. And I think, you know, he's, he's developing. And I think that it's brilliant that we've got a player that clearly knows how to, you know, is learning and reflects. Um, and actually, you know, in the past, we've kind of maybe alluded to the fact that maybe he's, he's only got a certain level. But actually, after yesterday, I think, you know what, this boy could do, you know, he could go to the highest level if he wants to. And he just needs confidence. There was a little chip over. We haven't seen one of them for a while. Um, and, uh, you know, I just thought he orchestrated it um, brilliantly, like a, a, a young Simon but, Rattle. I mean, I, I do think that Randall gives him that extra yeah. split second of time on the ball. And at, <clears> in, at those levels, it, that makes all the difference. Which just shows that I think it, it's a partnership, the halfback. It's it's yeah. about both players and it's a, it is the real fulcrum of a successful team. Um, obviously, when you're on the front foot, it's a lot easier. The, the real kind of test is when you're on the back foot and you rest control again. But I don't think either of those two did anything wrong and can only get better from that. Absolutely. I'm looking at um, some of some stats there from our campaign so far. Between uh, Sheedy, Madigan and Lloyd, we've kicked 32 out of 34 kicks at goals. That's 94.1%. So that's quite incredible um, kicking statistics. Just before we move on, I wanted to to also um, single out Luke Hamilton. I thought yeah. a, a, a re- I like him because he's a real honest player. Yeah. I don't think maybe he's the most talented player in the world, but for commitment um, and his work rate, I, I thought he had a really excellent game. Probably his best game in a Bristol Bear shirt. Mm. And also a, a little shout out to to Will Capon who came on with his cap on. Yeah. Um, and scored his fourth try in four yes. European games, which makes him the tied top scorer in the tournament at the That's moment. Crazy, isn't super it? sub. Yeah, That's so uh, super sub indeed. Can we, can we also mention uh, Yian Lloyd, who came on with his, we thought, new um, red boots. All shiny boots. <laughs> shiny boots. Beautiful. Uh, he's gone up in the world, you know. Straight out of Sports Direct. Do, well, do, do you think there was a splash of orange on the back heel, <laughs> or, was, or was it all red? Was it kind of a two-tone red? But I don't know, but I think he's obviously got some sort of uh, sponsorship deal with Giles Brothers at the top of White Lane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's big time now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so seven tries, seven different scorers, a convincing win, another five points, and that secure was a home quarterfinal for the Bears um, just before Easter. I just just to finish off, Tony. I just wanted to add one little, um, maybe just one little sort of thought of warning is that there was a couple of times in the in that game when we were running it from our twenty two and a bit of free flowing, and I did think perhaps we should have been rehearsing a little bit what we might have been 
should have done against someone like Gloucester or whatever in the next few weeks. You know, there was a cu- couple of times where I thought we, we over tried to run and, and we, we're not going to get that space realistically. And I just thought maybe we could have used it as a bit of uh, a rehearsal, perhaps, you know, maybe looking for the kick eventually. And, and I just, that was my only slight concern and that everything was brilliant. It was like a ray of sunlight, but... I think we could have also looked ahead and thought we're not going to get this sort of space all the time. So what would we do in this? If we're, we've got it in the 22, realistically, we need to be booting it down or something like that. That was my only slight concern. That was it. OK. I mean, Sorry, Lee. Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, like, I do agree, Pete. The only thing is I would say about that is if you, you play, you've got to play the game. You've got to play the team that's in front of you. And if you are thinking ahead, I'm not saying that we would have done, but there is potential for complacency if we do that. I was just going to say, because uh, on on Saturday night, we put a poll on our Twitter feed uh, and we asked the following question. Has today's or has the result against Breve restored your confidence in the team after disappointing results in the last few games? 30% of people said, yes, we're back on it. 48%, so nearly half said, hmm, not sure. And 22% said no, issues still there. And I think I think it is fair that we don't get too carried away because the number of handling errors may be in that first half against a team like Gloucester, you 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 will pay the price. And one of the, the funny moments for me was um, when their big number 14, the winger, intercepted um, uh, a, a ball in front of the dolman set off. Um, and we were all there thinking, well... He's, he's probably home and dry. And then not only did Harry Thacker, our hooker, catch him up, he probably could have run round him twice and still made the tackle. That that winger was slow, so slow. Or maybe Harry Thacker, you've been working on your speed. So um, <laughs> he, he, uh, that, he didn't have a, his best game that winger, did he? To he, be he, fair, he, he didn't. He was banging his head with the ball, tripping he? over he was, his own ankles. He, he was a huge lad. I think he was tripping over the size of his feet, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. So um, we move on to next weekend and um, a trip to Palmer. Now, um, we're recording this uh, on our usual slot on Sunday evening, so the the pool tables look like this. Castre, um 18 in pool one, Toulon, 23 points in pool two. Bordeaux, 22 points in pool three. We have 24 in pool four. And Leicester have just beaten Cardiff, um, but they didn't get the try bonus points. So they are top of that pool five with 22 points. So a win of any kind next weekend is good enough to see us in the top two seeds and home quarterfinal as well as a home potential semi-final. But what does Pat do? Because we have got an injury list that's starting to mount. And one week after that trip to uh, Northern Italy, we face Gloucester in the Rifles Cup, um, which is played for every time the two teams meet. Um, a, a very important league game because we do need to to break that run of, of league defeats. So I'm going to come to Lee for your thoughts on what kind of team, what changes we will see next weekend as the Bears fly out to Italy? Well, I mean, I think we, <clears throat> we've got rest players. The, the Gloucester game is is the most important game for us now. We, we Like you said, Tone, we've got to break that losing spell now in the Premiership because otherwise we, you know, we're already slightly looking over our shoulders. Um 
And I think we play. I I I'd give the youngsters a run out. I really would. And I think they've. You know, what was the game we we um, we sent the youngsters out last season? Um, I can't remember what game it was. In... Well, La-, La Rochelle, we sent in the pool La- stages. Didn't yeah, we? A, yeah. A, a quite inexperienced team, and they did the business they, over there. Exactly. And I think Pat's got enough confidence to to send the guys out and and get what we need over there. To be honest. Yeah, but specifically, who who do you think is going to come in? I mean, uh, we see Piers O'Connor go off with a knee injury. Yeah, we've got Hurrell out, haven't we? Hurrell, and is it worth just, you know, we've noticed on social media today, um, and this has only come from social media, but we believe other members of the family have kind of confirmed it, following the concussion last weekend in Leicester, Will's had a scan um, and there has been a little bit of bleeding on the brain. Mm-hmm. So um, I think everybody here um, and involved with the podcast wishes Will all the best for a very speedy recovery. But that's another centre that we won't probably be mm-hmm. seeing anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, Lahif went off and with a foa yeah. still injured, you know... I, Personally, I, I think we're going to send a strong, almost A team to to Palmer. Pete, what do you think? Well, I'm just looking at the at the at the kind of the fixtures coming. I mean, we've got to be in the top four, the rank one to four out of all eight that go through. And I mean, Castro have got Worcester away, so and they're on 23. That's quite tricky. Toulon have got Bayonne at home. Bordeaux have got Wasps away with Wasps got nothing to play for. Leicester have got Pau away. And we've got Zebra. Now, you know, we, we need to win. We need to win. We, I think we can't risk it. And I think if we want a home quarterfinal, and we need to be in the top four as well. We have the home quarterfinal. Yeah, yeah sorry, but to... for the semi-final yeah. as well. So yeah. I think to, to be in that first two. Well, so so I'm kind of... Th- and then Zebra went to Stade Francais and turned them over. Um, so I think they've, you know, they're going to they're gonna be quite confident. Um, they're at home. So... But with nothing to play for. But nothing to play for, but a bit of pride and you know a bit of confidence from beating Stade Francais away. So I think I think that you're right in the sense that I think we might have a stronger side out than we might have thought. I think we should stick with our halfbacks, mm. Randall and Sheedy. Why not? They're playing well. The more they play well together, the more confident they get. So I think actually for Gloucester, that's a good combination because we want them really on top of their game. Um, I think Bedlow will have another game in the centre. I think he's, had, he's got to. And I thought he had a great game as well, to be honest. We didn't mention um, him. Didn't I, thought, mention I him. thought Sam Bedlow had one of his best games yeah, of the season right. by brilliant. far. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you've got to look... I, I think Alapati will probably have to come into centre. And then potentially the wingers could be... You know, we could have Lloyd starting. We, you know, they could have some variations. I do wonder whether Morahan could just do with being in the squad at least. Because, you know, apart from yesterday... He didn't get a lot of action at Leicester, and he didn't probably. You know, he hasn't. When you're a winger, you may be in the team, but if you don't get a lot of action, you know, you can sometimes get stale. So I wonder whether he might want one more game to be to be ready. It's it's a difficult one. I think, you know, in the forwards, you know, we we've got so interchangeable with our with our second rows. You always think, well, you know, a couple that sat out this week could go hmm. just to keep them ticking over, and then see how they play, and then then you've got a nice big selection problem, as it were, for Gloucester. So. Um, Hooker, difficult one. I mean, do we want to risk Thacker's playing well? There is a risk when you go away from home on a team that haven't got anything to play for. You, you know, we don't want to get him injured. I, I don't. Th- I don't think I. Start I don't think you would risk Thacker. No. I really don't. You might might have him on the bench if if we yeah. need to bring him yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. See, I, th- I think there will be big changes in the pack. 
you know, do you want Lua Tua want to play? No, and, yeah. You know, risk. I think Hamilton. <coughs> Hamilton will, will play. start. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. And yeah. again, but, I mean, I think the thing is, we if we want it, we do want to win this. So you've got to have perhaps strength in the key positions, and that's why I think strength at half back, and then perhaps you know strength in the in the front five as well, just to make sure we do dominate it, which which is a bit of a dilemma. And uh, I think with the, with obviously the players you just mentioned, NP. I mean, that's that's. Ideally, you'd want them to go out in the first half and just yeah. wrap the game up, wouldn't you? That's what we were hoping then, on Saturday a bit, mm, weren't we? Yeah. We had to wait yeah. a little bit. I mean, Heenan perhaps could come in to start. But I also think Dan, you know, Dan Thomas is such an important player and has made you know, make such a play as well. You know, do we? But then again, he's always, you know, he's going to put his head where it hurts, and it's a risk. See, see, I've got so a slightly different. I have a slightly different view. I, I, I think we will send a team good enough, but I think it will be a what I'd call an A team plus. Hmm. I think there hmm. might be one or two experienced heads in there that maybe need a bit of game time. Um, but um, I, I, I think we will see quite a lot of changes. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, a different halfback pairing. Either Lloyd starting and Sturzacker or Uren coming in to um, have a game at number nine. Um, I think that front row, you know, um, we're, we've already probably a foe is out. Lahif, as I've said, yeah, you know, went off. Um, I, I just think it's too important, the Gloucester game, to risk too many players. Luatoa probably deserves yeah, a rest. Definitely. Obviously, Nathan Hughes had a week off. Um, and we think that that was a genuine rest. So, um, I don't know whether someone like Nathan Hughes, whether two weeks off, gets him a bit rusty. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think we, we may, might have a strong bench if we need to use them. But I, I'm thinking I think of quite a, quite a, an A team squad. The think? risk of Nathan Hughes having two weeks of kebabs is too, <laughs> is too big a risk, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> As Pete said, Hamilton had a great game, and I don't see why we wouldn't send him away. We even questioned Madigan, didn't we, at the start we of the game? We keep saying that. We, you know, I think we've got to stop saying that. Now. Yeah, maybe, no. but they obviously didn't play again. I mean, don't forget, we we lost away to Zebra last year, didn't we, in the pool stages? I know it was an early one, and that meant a lot for Zebra, but they've just come off the back of a win away in France. Um, they're not going to want to lose at home, are they? So they'll be... The report in the rugby papers, they were very fast off the block. And if we have a lot of mistakes <coughs> like this week... We might need to bring our strong bench on early, and that could be a bit of a disaster. I mean, just think, we have to remember that we have to balance it. There's Stad, France didn't have anything to play for as well, and that would have been a weakened side for them. Absolutely. The, the, the trouble is with these matches, you don't you don't really know the balance because you don't yeah. know how strong the squads are on match day. But I mean, like Miles said, they will come out with pride because any team they're you know they're at home and they'll want to beat us because it's a scalp for them as well this season, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think the balance between the youth and the experienced Zeds is probably the way we'll go. Yeah, we're just talking about um, uh, t- uh, the the Italian team that we face next weekend. We've got our partnership with Neil Williams, the club statistician. Uh, he's told us about the uh, European games we've had against Italian opponents. Um, so we've played 11, won 10, lost 1. We've got 452 points scored with 163 scored against us. Now, obviously, we've played Zebra three times, and that one defeat was the 2017 away defeat last year. Um, but we've had two convincing home wins against them, scored 119 points 
uh, and conceded 63. But it's interesting that the three games that we've played against them, they've scored 22, 21 and 20 points respectively. So, mm. you know, they have got at us in uh, those three games. But um, they are one of four Italian teams that we've played um, in European competition. So uh, played 11-1-10 is a pretty good record against um, those clubs. You're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Podbean and many more platforms. If you like what you hear, please leave a review or rating for the show. You can also contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're at bearsbeyondgate. And on Facebook, follow us on our Bears Beyond the Gate page. Now, um, sitting in the stands looking at um, Bristol Player French team, it got me starting to think about the Six Nations, which um, is coming up soon. Uh, and I think it is just over a week until Eddie Jones uh, picks his um, squad for that tournament. So one of the questions I wanted to put to you boys is, do we think any of the Bristol Bears players are going to get a call-up? First of all, let's talk about England, but is there any potential for call-ups for any of the other countries uh, competing in the Six Nations? So first of all, I'm going to come to... Lee, for your thoughts. Um, first question. I mean, I don't think any of our boys are going to get a call up personally. Um, I think there's a, there's a couple that that would have been fairly close. I think Randall's playing some brilliant rugby at the moment. I think he's he's being linked more and more. Um, same with O'Connor and obviously Pat. Um, not Pat. Eddie Jones did call him up for the the non cap. Barbar's game didn't he as well so I think he's one again it could be in the reckoning I mean Fax is his class I think he's just that little bit you know I think there's a couple in front of him which you know just about pipping at the moment Um, so for this Six Nations you're saying no you don't think I don't think we'll have anyone there personally Miles what's your view I think I agree even in the wider squad if they pick, pick up a few knocks, then you could argue they might pull a few up. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, Harry Randall's been talked about again, hasn't he? He's one of five named in the rugby paper this weekend. But there's also talk of Eddie making some strange decisions with positions, hasn't he? If you believe all the hype, mm. Tom Curry's going to be scrum half, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit odd, but yeah, I don't think the players are quite going to get called up by Eddie Jones, not this year. Pete, your thoughts? Yeah, I think I think it'd be interesting to see what happens during the, the Six Nations. You know, if there are injuries after one or two of the games, then I think some of the Bristol players might be on the reserve list. Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, maybe... I mean, going back to the hooker, we've got Jamie George and Cowan Dickey are clearly probably way ahead. But, you know, if either of those two get injured during or in the lead up to the Six Nations I, I wouldn't be surprised if Thacker's then one of the next ones so it, he's probably the most likely one to get a call up um, but only based on potential injuries or, or something like that I've got to say as a Bristol Bears fan I'm, I would be quite relieved if we get past Eddie's um, announcement of the squad and there's no Bears <laughs> yeah. players in yeah, it yeah. Um, obviously with the injuries to Pietau, Afoa potentially um, you know Hurrell as well 
we've got some key players players that are going to be missing for part or all of that Six Nations mm-hmm. um, gap. To lose two or three more first-team players yeah. would, I think, put us under a lot of pressure. So let me put this to you then, boys. If it's not for the Six Nations, who do you think is most likely the next player currently playing for Bristol that will win an England cap. So that might be on a summer tour that uh, is coming up or maybe in the autumn internationals later in the year. So if, if you had to put a wager on who would be the next player, who are you going to say? And I'm going to go to Pete first. I'm going to say Harry Randall because I think I think the scrum half position is, is up in the air anyway. So he, you know, he, he is... You don't need to necessarily wait for injuries. I think he is in the mix... We have no idea. We've got what Spencer, Robson, Ben Youngs, uh, Randall. For, for, he's the youngest, and we've always got the most potential. So I think for a summer tour, he'd be a you know very good choice. So I, I'm going to pin it on. I'm going to wager Tony on uh, <laughs> on Harry Randall. So Miles, who do you think is the most likely to be called up? Harry Thacker. Um, he's, play, he's playing brilliantly, he's putting performance after performance for Bristol. He's been noticed in the press for his uh, line speed. Um, I think, yeah, as I said, not for the Six Nations, but maybe a summer tour. He's brilliant. And, yeah, he, I think Eddie will, he's on Eddie's radar. Lee? I'm going with Pete on this one. I think Harry Randall all day long. I think he's, he's going to be... Um, He's going to be in the mix now, as Pete said, and I think that he would be the first one to get a call up. So what's the view on Nathan Hughes then? Do we think his time has come and gone with Eddie? I think so. I mean, I think um, I think he just doesn't fit James's plans now. I, I mean, Eddie James seems to be the type of player, if, he, if you're not in his plans, you'll never be in his plans. I mean, look at mm. Cipriani. He couldn't have had a better season last year than he did, and I he do- still wasn't. I always wondered, I remember when Hughes first broke in and I always, always did wonder whether he quite had the guile um, to be a, an international number eight. I just never felt he quite broke the line enough. Um, and I do wonder, having, you know, the last couple of games for Bristol, he, has been a, he hasn't broken the line. And I do wonder, maybe that's something that Eddie Jones did see. And, you know, there are other, you've got Don Brandt, you've got all these other ones coming through. Having said that, if... Uh, if Eddie had seen him <laughs> uh, sidestep through that traffic at Leicester, he may well have put me on the, on the list. And if anyone's got a video, <laughs> send it to Eddie Jones. What about, you, know. what about you, Tim? What, I mean, what, do you, what are your opinions? What, on the, the next Bristol Bears player to play for England? Yeah. Well, I think it'll either be Harry Randall or Carl Sinclair. Oh! <laughs> That's a big, long setup that was, Tony. Oh! Well. <laughs> We, you know, we we haven't got anything definitive yet on Sinclair, but the more yes, people, more people that we speak to that are in the know, um, seem to think that uh, it's gonna it's gonna happen. So, um, you know, I think that could well be our next uh, England player. But um, yeah, might might have to wait to the autumn internationals of next year. Hello, this is Brian Moore. This is for Bears Beyond the Gate. Listen to it because it's for you, true Bristol fans. Get it. So, um, in other news then, um, Pete and Lee, you were back up at White Ladies Road, the BBC Radio Studios on Tuesday for um, the Scrum. 
Um, how did that go? And like you, you had a special um, special guest with you as well. We did actually. It was nice because we had um, Kaylee with us, didn't we, on Tuesday? Uh, it was nice. And, and Kaylee is is the chair for um, the supporters uh, cl- uh, club. The coaches runs. She runs the coaches, and uh, yeah, it was really nice actually. We, um, you know, Jeff was as welcoming as he always is, and that was a it was a good evening, Pete, wasn't it? Yeah, we found out how old you were as well, which is we did. always nice. It's, yeah. uh, I don't know why age is such a, a big thing for everyone. You know, well, everyone's been commenting on it. Yeah, and, well, so no what? Because so you look older than you. That's, yeah. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> no one can believe it was that maybe young. Maybe that's what it is. But no, I think uh, we. It was quite nerve wracking, to be honest. It wasn't. We weren't there really talking about the podcast. We were. We were there talking about Bristol's season so far, and you know, we put. You know, you don't get much time to think about it so I hope we did ourselves proud but uh, um, it's good fun and he is a, he is a good guy and um, you know hopefully all of us or some of us may get on that again sometime in the future probably not so, me and you probably not me and you <laughs> yeah it's not our turn is the it ageist is yeah. it <laughs> well I mean boys we're, we're becoming seasoned pundits at this this game I think that's the second time we've been on BBC Radio Bristol and I'd just like to say you know we are available for other gigs so if there are any I don't know magazines or Children's national newspapers yeah. or local papers that would like us to, to write for them then please get in touch with us yeah. at uh, bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com you know we'd be happy to uh, put pen to paper and uh, Not happy. give our we'd thoughts be, we'd be honoured 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 <laughs> we would indeed so um, any other transfer rumours or uh, are we well, going to keep, keep things under our hat for a week or so apart from Tipperick obviously making his mind up soon well, one would hope so. One would hope so. It'll be interesting, you know, some of these people we've been speculating on for quite a few weeks now, Tipperick Sinclair, whether decisions or announcements are going to be made once the European knockout mm. games are mm. over, once the Six Nations squads mm. are announced. Um, but um, I don't know, talk, as a fan, I, I'd, I'd really like to have an announcement <laughs> well, yeah, soon. Yeah. Just something to look forward to and, and, and again to see where we're going we, uh, we, in the future. We know our mate Huge Swede is, is desperate here, isn't he? He texts in yeah. every five minutes. Come on, <laughs> where's the announcement? He's <laughs> running out of gifts at the moment. <laughs> yeah. I think a couple more games back into the Premiership, I think all of us want to hear something, don't you? Whether we win both or lose one and we need a bit of a boost. Yeah, I mean, something could to be a bit negative about it. I mean, you want to get someone signed up quite <laughs> quickly in case we start dropping down the table a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. no, but we'll see. Well, we'll this see. is just just my hunch as a, a as someone that works in PR. If I was going to announce a big signing, I might do it just before the Gloucester game, just to yeah. give a bit yeah. of impetus to um, the fans, to ticket sales, and to. Uh, um, excitement before that that, mm. that big game which I am really looking forward to so um, it's been missing for a few editions but um, we have a, uh, a goat uh, to, f- to, to finish off with this week and Pete what, what gets your goat? Well this is one that's been bubbling away really from, for, from last season as well um, not had an opportunity really to talk about it but um, on Saturday, when you know, not quite as many fans there. Sadly, I've got to say, it's a shame there weren't as many fans there because mm. you know they missed out on some great rugby. Um, but it's the PA system, uh, and particularly in the Dolman Stand, um, it's always been a bit of a goat to me. I, I don't think in a stadium like that, it's it's good enough. I, I can't hear what Slick's saying at half time. 
Um, can't always hear what Downsy's saying when he's doing his kind of mishmash quiz. Well, that, that maybe isn't <laughs> well, such a bad thing. Uh, yes. Yeah. That's yeah. a bonus. Actually, what you probably say is the goat is not bad enough, is it? Yeah, <laughs> that's the trouble. But, I mean, I was, you know, I, I, I thought about this. So I, I did spend five minutes, you know, researching this at half time. And I was, I, was, I was watching Slick on the screen and his, his lips are out of sync with what I could hear. And I think, you know, it's, it's low grade. It's low grade. It's like, it's bargain basement on a stadium that shouldn't be like that. So, you know, it's it, you, it's not, maybe not the biggest thing in the world, but, you know, you've got to get, it's the little things, the marginal gains you've got to get right. And, and bizarrely, the best place to listen to what's happening um, uh, from people like Slick and Downsy is probably in the... The, the toilets wow. where the, the sound is perfect it's crystal clear in the toilet it is crystal, and, but that annoys me as well because the toilets we go into they're not urinals so even though it's, you've got to then decide if someone's in the toilet and you you know therefore you can't concentrate on what's being on the one place where you can actually hear it you concentrate on whether you're getting in there so Pete, a lot of, I, a lot Pete, of things next game just check to make sure there's a, a, a male symbol on the, ah. on the door uh-huh. not, not, not a female <laughs> one <laughs> well there we are guys uh, 52-3 win um, we've got a home quarter final to look forward to potentially we could be looking at a home semi-final and let's even dream of a trip to Marseille come May this is Bears Beyond the Gate we'll be back with more Bristol chat next week <laughs>